Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. But are you? Are you really? Are you, Joe? I asked you first. You're just reflecting blame now. You might be a scrawl. In fact, I think you are a scrawl. No. If you don't... <laughs> I don't know if, uh... Your, your audience probably know already we're talking about the Scrawls from Marvel, Secret Invasion. That's what we're talking about here today. Full spoilers ahead for the series. So, zooming into our medium shot, what was your hype level like going into Secret Invasion? Uh, It was kind of medium, if I'll be honest. It wasn't super low, it wasn't super high, but I felt that, hey, it's really cool to see Nick Fury have his own show. It'd be really cool to see what they actually do right with the scrolls instead of, you know, making them see, <clears throat> excuse me, seem like this sort of misunderstood uh, race that was driven from their home. Not that that was a bad plot at all for our, uh, for the Captain Marvel movie, but it's not what fans wanted to see. It's definitely not what I wanted to see. I think scrolls is a very... Uh, that story arc in the Marvel Universe was is very interesting arc, and the fact that, hey, this guy that you knew for 10 years was an alien the whole time, you never even knew it, I think that's pretty interesting, and I was excited to see what they did with that. And they did something. Yeah, they sure did something. I was actually... I had the faintest glimmer of hope for this show. Marvel, as you all know at this point, has disappointed me a whole lot for the last four years, but Secret Invasion seemed like a potential course correction, a way for them to do something a little more grounded, a little more serious. Oh, what's this? They're doing a spy drama starring Nick Fury about, it's an espionage thing, it's a thriller, it's a, we don't know who to trust because any, it's like, it's that extra layer on top of a spy story where you literally don't know who to trust because Anyone could be in disguise. They could be a scrawl or an alien or a secret invasion. It's a very interesting idea for a show. Starring Sam Jackson, I know he's a good talent. So, you know, this could be anything. And uh, I, so my hype level wasn't strong because I've been burned by Marvel enough in the last few years to not get very excited for things. But I, I had some hope in this. Let's see what I thought, though. Uh, let's get into our close-up and discuss this thing. I, like you, was a bit mixed on how they handled the scrolls in Captain Marvel. Because, from my knowledge of the Marvel lore, scrolls are bad guys. They're kind of a menace in the universe. And to see them as this misunderstood group that... They were trying to help. That was a little bit weird to me. I thought that that was like, oh, this is this is wrong, but okay. We're supposed to feel okay. I did think they used it okay in that movie, if only because you expect the scrolls to be bad guys, and everyone in that movie at the start does expect the scrolls to be bad guys, and then you find out that they are yeah. just misunderstood. And I'm like, oh, you're using the fans' perception of scrolls against us in Captain Marvel, which was actually a little bit clever at the time, but I'm glad that now they get to present the Skrulls as the villains we always knew they could be. Except even then, there are different factions within the Skrulls. There's the faction that's 
fed up with the pacifist stuff and wants to be like, no, we're taking this planet for us, going back to our warrior ways. And then there's the other half that are allied with Fury and they say, oh, well, you know, we're fine to just wait around here another however long until Nick Fury can find us a planet to live on. Our warrior ways are what got us destroyed in the first place. But I do enjoy getting to see the Skrulls as legitimate threats. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a show to watch. Because that shape-shifting yeah. thing is overpowered and it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah, this show, you know, it, ha- it has its ups and downs. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's weird because it's like, I can't say it's bad. Because I think the people who are in it are trying really hard to make it something great. Yes. But they're not really supported well in terms of the writing. I think the writing really failed them here. Where I think it's directed okay. I think it's edited well enough. I mean, it's edited like any other Marvel product. And the actors are really trying their hardest, but they're just not given that much support. Except for, I guess I'd say, Samuel L. Jackson and... um. Uh, Amelia Clark, Amelia Clark, and um, Olivia Coleman. She Olivia gets, Coleman. yeah, those three get some pretty good scenes here and there. I actually thought Olivia Coleman's character Sonya, I believe, was mm-hmm. pretty pretty useless for most of the show. I didn't really get what they were going with. Yeah, for her. I'm like, yeah, Olivia Coleman's great actress. She's clearly having a good time on screen here. Her energy is really good. I like what you're doing here. But the character just was like, well, what are you doing that Fury can't do? Why do we need this extra human agent who isn't really like, okay, you're kind of a rogue element here. You're, you have your own agenda, which is she's an MI6 agent and she's just working for Britain's national security. Okay. And she gets that cool torture scene early for her mm-hmm. introduction. Like that's That one was of, crazy. Yeah. That torture scene. Yeah, one of the most brutal scenes in the MCU, probably. But it's... I just didn't really see her point until the very end, when it finally got interesting, when she and Gaia decided to go their own way. Let's yeah. not uh, let's not make the mistake Fury and Talos made and be friends. Let's, you know, you're going to use me, I'm going to use you. Let's just do this. Okay, so you're setting her up for later. Got it. She'll be more important after the fact. But for most of this show, just kind of there. Maybe someone for Fury to talk to. If anything, she nearly replaced Maria Hill as Fury's one person that he could kind of talk to. Which, yeah. That's that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just off her in episode one. And it which, wasn't, e- what pisses me off about that death, it just wasn't earned. It was more so just what's a shock factor moment that we can use at the end of episode one to have people come back because we can't, we don't have a, we feel we don't have a strong enough episode to bring people back. In principle, it's an interesting idea for your pilot episode to kill off a character who's been around since how long has Maria Hill been around since the first Avengers? Since the first Avengers. So 2012. So she's been in this universe. Yeah. She's been in this universe 11 years as a supporting character. Mind you, she was never, a large role in these movies, but she's she's always been around. We know who this person is and what she means to Fury. And to have to kill her off in, in episode one 
yes, it's going to get people on Fury's side in that, oh yeah, this Gravik killed my right-hand girl and now I'm out for revenge. It makes the threat seem serious. It proves anybody can die on this show. Nobody's safe. It sets up the stakes very early. That's good. But also it felt disrespectful to the character Maria Hill because she, the way she went out, like, oh, she just gets yeah. Gravik shapeshifts into Fury and then executes her. And then it's more used as a plot point for Fury. Oh, you know, in the next episode, his mom is pissed at Fury. I mean, Maria Hill's mom is angry at Fury for letting her die. Uh, Rhodey uses it as leverage against Fury later. Oh, you don't, you don't keep in line. I'm going to release this footage of you shooting Maria Hill on a mission. But it's yeah, like, it's, it's weird. It doesn't ma- It's not really about her. It's about how it affects Fury. And it's more about, it sets up the stakes for the audience, and it's how it affects Fury, but it doesn't really have anything meaningful to do with her, which feels disrespectful to Maria Hill as a character. Because I think Kobe Smulders would have been a great supporting cast member if she'd been allowed to keep going on this show. Well, I think she said something, or I don't know if it was Marvel telling her to say it, but she said she she had a big part to play in this show. Lies. Which is a huge lie. And I feel I would have respected the choice more if they actually did something with those stakes. Where like, hey, any main original character can be killed off at once, or anybody can be a scroll. When really, it's only I want to say two people. Yeah, it was or just like two. two main people are just scrolls, and one of them is just not was really it, that important. It was a good opening scene, though. I did really like that oh, yeah. one. Whenever it Ross is going to talk to that uh, that one analyst guy, and he's like, "You don't know what it is, man. They're everywhere." The Charlie Day, they, yeah, the aliens are everywhere. He's like a Fox Mulder kind of guy. He's just nobody believes mm-hmm. him. Everybody thinks he's crazy. And Everett Ross is just listening, like, "Yeah, shape shifting aliens. Okay, sure." And then he kills him. Oh, Everett Ross got taken over. Oh, that's interesting. And this is what I. The show is kind of cool because, well, I'll just get to this up front. I think it's basically exactly Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but good this time. It's literally the exact same thing. It's a terrorist group trying to do their own ends. Uh, they have, uh, well, I don't really remember the, like, if you look up plot well, comparisons it's a, from yeah, Falcon. Yeah, it's a terrorist yeah. group who are trying to They feel screwed over the... by the establishment the government as well, uh, from their own people, trying You're to trying save to make them. A, yeah. Trying to make a sympathetic bad guy, too. In a Falcon in the Winter Soldier, it was Carly, and this one, it's Gravik. The There's only difference of- is Gravik knows he's a terrorist, and he, and he enriches it. He's, he's like, yeah, I'm a terrorist, because fuck these people. They fucked me over for the past 30 years. Whereas yeah. whoever, the, whoever you said before, Carly. What, what's her name? Carly. She was like, no, I'm not a terrorist. And then the next scene, she blows up a bunch of people. So it's just kind of like, you're lying to yourself. Like, how can I sympathize with you? Where here with Gravik. I personally loved Gravik as a villain. I loved him as a character. Yeah. Uh, I really like the actor. I don't know what his name is, but I think he Kingsley did a Benadir. phenomenal job. Yeah. Kingsley Benedict. He did, he did great. He was a highlight of the show. Basically, every scene he stole for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my other comparison was, oh yeah, and this one, the show also doesn't um, pretend like its lead can't do its job. Yeah. <laughs> 
that pissed me off the, about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Just like they act like Sam can't be Captain America just because he's black. I don't question Fury at all. He, I'm like, I don't doubt Nick Fury can do his job. I didn't doubt mm-hmm. Sam could be Captain America either. Why are you even introducing these questions? Like, I know a lot of people did doubt Fury in this one, but I don't doubt Nick Fury. He's like, well, oh, he you're didn't old, doubt himself too. He was like, yeah. oh, you're fired, and then he immediately breaks a guy's finger. To yeah, like show Rhodey, like you can fire me, but I'm still fucking here. I was like, there we go. There's something what's, good. What's that line? It's a it's a great Nick Fury line where he says, uh, "I'm Nick Fury, even when I'm out, I'm in." Yeah, yeah, that's a good line, and very encapsulating of the character. It's just so tough because this is this feels like, I mean, we know the opening credits were written by an AI. But it feels like this entire plot was written by an AI. It's just the most basic spy espionage oh, it's so, show that it is. That's what I thought from the pilot. I'm like, this is so generic. They're just, okay, so we have terrorists who are trying to do a false flag operation of some kind, make Americans and Russians hate each other for kind of vague reasons. Mm-hmm. And, oh, we have to stop them. We literally don't even find out Gravik's real plan till about episode five out yeah. of six. And I still and don't even time, understand it. <laughs> by the time, yeah, by the time we did find out what he was actually doing, oh, okay, this is actually kind of interesting when I found out that plan. But for two-thirds of the show, we're just led to believe it's a very generic terrorist plot with, mm-hmm. oh, they're just trying to destroy the world so graphics plan to my understanding was he was trying to make a false flag operation between the russians and the americans start a nuclear war which would wipe out all life on earth except scrolls because scrolls are immune to radiation yeah which is why they could live in that nuclear base but also this false flag operation was just the tip of the iceberg for his plan because what he really wanted to do was get this vial of Avenger DNA that Nick Fury had hidden away after the endgame battle when apparently S.H.I.E.L.D. went across the battlefield and stole the DNA of the Avengers. Every Avenger spilled blood in that battle, so they say. And he wanted to use that vial to basically level up his people because the Skrulls used to be warmongers and they got their asses handed to them by the Kree and they've been on the run for decades and can't find a home. So Gravik, he took over Talos's position as head general, kind of got everyone under his banner, and then he wanted this vial to basically, uh, I don't know what the term is, but just do a eugenics on his people and turn them into a master race of nobody's going to screw with us again. We're the most mm-hmm. powerful. We're bringing us up to not just our full genetic potential, but the Skrulls can handle this kind of DNA shape-shifting and getting these powers, so we're, we're going to make a race of super Skrulls and lay waste to the galaxy or whoever's opposed to us. We're never going to be on the run again. So it's, it's a longer-term plan. Earth is just, he wants to use a staging ground, but he wants... It, it's a long-term ploy for his people. The politics and and everything is just a it's a short-term thing, but that's all we're led to believe it is, for most of it. I love that scene when 
he's trying to gain power though when he kind of talks to that council of scrolls and yeah that's a good scene episode two is a highlight yeah and when some of them are like no no we're not really yeah. <laughs> feeling your plan you're just like okay then you're dead yeah exactly. who else is against me nobody okay we're good mm-hmm. let's go yeah, and uh, just a random casting of Shooter McGavin being there, too. I don't know why he was there. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just... Graphics plan. Okay. So, I can kind of forgive it because he technically has a completely different plan. But for the first four episodes, we're led to believe that he wants Fury dead. Because he didn't find him a planet. He feels betrayed him. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. He has two opportunities to kill him just right then and there. Yep. Where it's in the first episode where they're in the crowd, he could shapeshift whatever, or and then it's in the fourth episode where it's the where it's them attacking the president of the United States, and then Fury's just standing right there in front of him. But then he spoilers, kills Talos instead. Or he kills Talos and then Fury shoots him, and then he just has the opportunity there. It's just so <laughs> And I and I know it's like it's kind of a cliche, especially in Hollywood movies, where this villain has this ultimate plan that they want revenge on this one character and they want to kill him, but they don't want to kill him now. They want to kill him at the most opportune time. But it's just yep. in that opportune time, he's becomes an idiot because does he really think Nick Fury, who is a human, is going is just going to walk into a like a nuclear power plant that's full of radiation with no backup? If you if you're telling me Gravik actually thinks that, then you're telling me that your villain of the entire show is an idiot, which you have not told me through the first five episodes. And yes, you could say he's run up on emotions or whatever, but it's just if you treat your characters dumb, then you look dumb. That's just my thought on it. And I saw that twist coming from a mile away. Like that's a scroll. I didn't think it was Gaia, but that's a scroll. No, I didn't. I didn't really see it coming if only because I, I don't really think ahead when I watch things I'm just so locked in on the moment I just I'm just watching what I see but yeah. when it was revealed as Gaia it was very unsatisfying like, in, oh, fact, yeah. I, in fact I think it ruined <laughs> the whole scene because I thought that it was actually a good scene it was finally Gravik's chance to unload on Fury everything he's been building up for decades mm-hmm. about how he put his faith in this guy who let him down constantly who turned his people into a bunch of his personal assassins and to prop him up further on the governmental social ladder. Just so, you know, Fury just, he used the scrolls, didn't keep his promises, and now acts shocked when they're fed up with it. Mm-hmm. And Gravik finally says all this to Fury and, and throws it back in his face. And, oh, whoops, it's not Fury. That pissed me off because I'm like, oh, finally, the villain who does kind of have a point. Of course, you don't mm-hmm. agree with his methods, but I think Gravik is actually a, a, an interesting character. I was very intrigued by his story, and I like this emotional catharsis that he was giving. And, oh, yeah. but he actually wasn't talking to him, and then he dies. Great. That's, such a, that's another disappointing ending. Gravik was really good because not... Um I mean, the yes, the actor did phenomenal, especially in that scene. His performance was off the charts. Definitely yeah. a highlight of the show, like you said. 
but I was actually scared of him sometimes, or he was, he was very unpredictable. Yeah. He was intimidating, and as soon as you cross them, he wasn't going to be like, don't do it again. He would just straight up shoot someone. I love that just, scene when Beto and some of the other guys were ambushed him in the cafeteria. Yeah. Because they realized he was going too far, and then he, yeah, and then he just takes just them all murders out. murders all of them. It's but that was like, a oh my god. That was a pretty cool and generally grounded fight. Just a mm-hmm. just a fist fight in the cafeteria trying to restrain this guy as much as they possibly can. They had a bag yeah. over his head trying to choke him out and that was pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Gravik dying was a complete waste because he was Ugh. so I don't know what if they knew Another what they had. Another villain killed. Yeah. I know. I don't know what if they knew what they had in this show. If they just if they wrote the villain to be whatever, and then Kingsley Benadir did such a great job that oh crap, what did we do? This guy was actually really good. We didn't expect Gravik to be this interesting thanks to this actor. But they should have pivoted. They should have kept him, because from my comic book knowledge, Super Scrawl is one of the Fantastic Four's main enemies. Yes. And now I'm very disappointed we're not going to get to see Super Scroll face off against the Fantastic Four. Unless, of course, they make Gaia Super Scroll and then, you know, her dealings with Olivia Coleman who put I've her at odds with now, the Fantastic Four is possible. Who I've heard now, she is the most, she is up there and the most powerful characters in the MCU. Because she has yeah. all the powers now. She so. would be. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's kind of bullshit, but it's, it's also, but it's also, <laughs> it's, it's the kind of comic book whatever i don't care yeah it's like, the oh, whatever collider superpowers with superhuman dna and scrawls can take this, it for yeah. some i don't i don't care it is what it is i'm not going to complain about too where i'm not going to complain uh, about the pseudoscience at the end of episode three where gravik just shoots amelia clark i yeah. was at the end of that because epi- i binged it all when they all came out i watched okay, like episode yeah. one and two before but then i finished episode three i was like you didn't cast amelia clark a TV gold mine and then just murder her halfway through the show. There's no way. And then I started the next episode and I was like, okay, phew. <laughs> I had the opposite reaction. I watched it week to week and I thought I was shocked they had the balls to kill off Amelia Clark halfway through, cast such a big actress and then off her halfway through. I'm like, oh, I actually give Marvel a whole lot of credit for this. You had, you had me expecting she'd be right to the end, but oh, you actually subverted my expectations. And, Oh, she's back. Damn it. Yeah. I mean, Gaia was okay. You know, Amelia, mm-hmm. all her best traits are probably brought out by Amelia Clark, to be honest. I don't think on paper she's that interesting. No. But she did her best with what she had. I like Talos more. Talos was great. Uh, like, yeah. I didn't care about Talos and Captain Marvel uh, or even Far From Home when he's brought up briefly. But the end credit scene. <laughs> I know. I mean, technically, the Nick Fury in that movie was Talos the whole time. But that's true. Yeah, yeah, we're being technical. I think I saw an interview where Ben Mendelsohn even joked where he was like, "Like, oh yeah, I had to carry all of Far From Home. Sam Jackson showed up for a little bit, but that's funny. <laughs> like, I was doing the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I thought Ben Mendelsohn was fantastic, and I was sad that they brought Gaia back just to kill him off. Because he made such a good impression uh, on me in the first half of this show. And I'm like, okay, fine. Talos gets the heroic sacrifice. He saves the president and proves scrolls can be good. Except it doesn't matter because the president declares war on scrolls anyway at the end. Conveniently yeah. forgetting one actually helped him. 
So they basically just said Talos' optimism and hope for the future of human scrawl coexistence was all for nothing. He did his mm-hmm. best. Gravik was right to believe that Gravik and Fury were right to believe that human xenophobia wins out. And they basically leave it completely unhopeful. Oh, yeah. And then Fury creates all this mess just to dip right back off into space. Which, you yeah, know, just, his, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. Like, now. things are, he, he literally came back, made things worse, and then lift, left right as mass assassinations are starting. And I, yeah. to me, it's just it's something about that last montage really. Uh, it kind of got to my core, just the scene when like the political assassination, like, oh, the like the British prime minister speaking or something, and then they just shoot her dead. But she's a human mm-hmm. like, oh, that's ew, that's weird. That's dark. Yeah. Dark is what I'm thinking about. It's just OK. Things are going really bad here. Like mm-hmm. people are. Killing other people just because they might be scrolls. I better leave. <laughs> like a scroll genocide is happening. The president yeah. is basically like, oh, they're all refugees on our planet, but let's kill them all anyway. Kill them all. <laughs> wipe them out. All of them. It's just, yeah. It's like, and okay, I brought leaves. the skull. I brought the skulls to this planet. Talos is gone. Gravik is gone. Guy is there, which is not really a leader. I guess I better leave with my scroll wife. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Come on, man. And I know his reasoning is, oh, we're going to go and make peace with the Kree so that the scrolls can finally go back out into space. And he's going That's on a my diplomatic problem too. mission. You're telling me over 30 years of searching with Captain Marvel, there's not one planet, not one planet that you could find that was habitable. What about the Thanos planet? Where it was just a giant farm planet the entire time. Yeah, that planet. That one planet. Stupid writing. Where do you need to put these people? What did they say? There's 20 20 million? I don't even remember. It was in a million. There's a a million. There's one million on Earth. Yeah. Okay, so it's even less than I thought. But, like, you you can't house a million people on one planet. Or just let them Mars. Just do something. Like, yeah. Or just let them have Chernobyl or wherever it was they were based exactly not one (laughs) and i don't know how you would work around that where uh you could say like nick have you been like search he could even said something like i've been fucking busy like have you know what's happened the past 10 years all the avengers shit that's been going on also captain marvel keeps doing her own thing so i don't know like we've been trying and you could just made it like a race against the clock or something like that but for him just be like there's no planets really None. <laughs> Which does get me curious. Do you think the Marvels is going to be set before Secret Invasion or after, now that he's out in space? I don't know. This there's whole timeline stuff is weird. I think it's going to be set at the same time or something. I read a dumb that theory movie. that all the movies and all the TV shows of Phase 4, well, not all of them, but a good chunk of them, are all in their own separate timelines. Which... Oh. Doesn't okay, make so sense they, because so they broke up how many the years has it been since Eternals, matters. right? Yeah. It's been three. three years since the Eternals. No Two one's brought three. up the giant fucking like <laughs> Titan or whatever that's been in the ocean. No one's talked about it. Even though I think when watching Miss Marvel, it was on like a cameo side, like piece of news or whatever. But I don't know. I don't know how you don't bring that up. 
Um, I don't. I've heard that theory, but also Marvel's not really had a great track record when they've said, especially I think when it was after the first Avengers movie, and all the main movies were happening. They were like, ah, they're around the same time. It's like, are they? <laughs> Can you just tell us? Fury's big week. <sighs> they call it phase one. Yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's tough. I, I really love Amelia Clark, especially coming off of a Game of Thrones fan. She is a powerhouse. You Great actress. Her. Yeah, you would well, love her. I, I, uh, I liked her in everything in I've show. seen her in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She plays in Game of, like, she plays, like, this sort of, um, I can't find the right word, but this, uh, like, kicked off, not kicked off, thrown out queen where she's trying to raise an army back to take back her rightful place on the Iron Throne, as everybody is on that show. Yeah. Um, but she has this just gravitas and power dynamic to her that she plays off that she does become threatening. It does help when you have a couple of dragons. But it's just how she acts and she brings this sort of just... sort of charisma, but also just like... Gravitas being threatening. Yeah. Gravitas as well, which is so different from how she is in real life. It's really hilarious. If you ever watch any of her like interviews or even her rom-com stuff, she's so silly, but she just gets like so serious. She's one of the best actors to use her face muscles. That's the best way I can say it. She, the way she can like move her face is insane. And I thought she'd bring that here and she kind of did, but I don't think the material helped her that much. Gaia, it seemed like such a wishy-washy character. She's like, oh, I'm going to join the Rebels. But it nearly seems like she did it more just as a, like a rebellious teenager. Fuck you, dad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then as soon as her dad tried to make a point, you know, like, you know, he's actually the bad guy, right? Yeah, I'll betray him. Yeah, I'll betray him. As soon as she Well, now that you betrayed him, do you want to come back? No. (laughs) What do you mean, No. As soon no, as she I'll just wait him, till you die to yeah. join your cause. Okay. <laughs> as soon as she betrayed him, she became way less interesting to me because I could see entirely where she'd go from there. And then they killed her off, and I was like, oh. Window. Hmm? There's what? There's kids yelling outside my window. Sorry. <laughs> Darn kids. Darn kids. But yeah, I just as soon as they killed her, I knew exactly... Well, that's why I thought it was interesting, because when she betrayed him, I knew exactly where they'd go with her. And then they killed her off in episode three, and I'm like, oh, wow, you, you just, like, you basically just overrode everything I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then episode four happened, and everything I thought was going to happen happened anyway. So you made me yeah. think you were going to go in a different direction, and then prove me exactly right. You, you killed off Talos, made her the hero. Okay, on paper, I don't care. I just saw it coming. Yeah. I will give this movie movie. I'll give this show props though for uh using the superpowers from Iron Man 3. It's a lot, it's a little ballsy from, <laughs> from using Which those superpowers. From- uh the um extremist or basically if you I don't know. Somebody found Killian. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I guess. Oh, Is well that what it that was, was the it was the power that um Gravik had when he also got the group powers before the main people. Oh, okay, because he got like Korg's yeah. powers. It's like and I, it's and the that, heel thing. I, yeah, that's what it is. It. It's the God. I didn't know what that one was. Yeah, 
I, it's on. It's was. briefly on the screen when got it. The science was going through, but yeah, okay. I was. I saw that. I was like, hmm, that's ballsy. That's cool. I think Gravik's dead. <laughs> I don't. know. Who cares? Oh, he's dead now. We found a piece of DNA. Uh, oh, not Gravik. Um, Killian. Killian. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I did like about that end fight was the moment where they're they're beating each other up, and then Gaia gets smart and uses Mantis's powers to yeah. That was to smart. make him to make him go to sleep. sleep, and and I don't know if once again this is like only for the Marvel fans, I think, because if you haven't been following the MCU, I don't even know how many people remember Mantis enough to know what her powers <laughs> yeah. do. I'm like I'm, I happen to be a big Guardians fan, so I'm like, oh yeah, Mantis's powers—that's actually brilliant. That's kind of her thing. But mm-hmm. to casual people who are just going for the more grounded side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, would they? No, maybe I underestimate them. I didn't know Killian's powers were being used. So you you went over even my head a little yep. bit. I tried to keep up with all the different powers that they both were using, and I still got lost. I recognized all of them, but I was trying to like name them as they went. But it was tough. But there wasn't one where I saw... Actually, there was one. I think someone used ice powers, and I was like, who's that? Yeah. Who the fuck yeah, is that? that? I don't know about that either. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. My first Henry instinct Cavill for like Superman from Snyder <laughs> Cut. <laughs> when I think of Marvel and Ice Powers, the first thing that comes to mind is Bobby Drake. But I know that's they don't what I was thinking. X- yeah, but I know they don't have X Men yet. They don't have them so, yet. I don't know. I'm like, what the hell is that? I don't know anyone You're else. Full of shit. Ice. <laughs> You're full of shit, Marvel. I can see right through you. Well, we know you that. should want to show off your ice. <laughs> effects anyway yeah all right so what did we <sighs> think of um don Cheadle? i thought he had tons of fun being an asshole yeah i you know so i liked it i just hated someone brought up um i think this is a youtube channel i think they're called supercut delight they do they did a lot of game of thrones reviews and all that um yeah. and they did a review on this where they said the show would have been great if they just didn't reveal so much at the beginning of episodes, especially if, if you kept the paranoia up, it would have been phenomenal. But at the beginning of episode four, we just see that Rhodey is a scroll getting out of the shower. We just instantly know that as the audience. And I think that I agree with that statement. And also with Nick Fury's scroll wife. I mean, he knows he's a scroll, but, but just to be like, Hey, this person's a scroll. Now, you know, I feel like that's a missed opportunity. You could have had the most paranoid show whatsoever. It could have everybody be like, eh, we think everybody's a scroll and maybe they are, maybe they're not. Well, that's, you're right. That's a, one of the biggest problems of the show is I was saying right up top, one of the selling points of the show for me was you don't know who's who. It's, mm-hmm. They're shapeshifters. They could be anybody, but you kind of always knew who was who. Right at the beginning, they set it up interestingly with Everett Ross. Oh, okay, here's a side character from Black Panther. I'm not really that invested in him. Oh, Everett Ross is a scrawl. How long has he been a scrawl? That's kind of interesting. But then, out of the core cast of the show, we have Talos, who we've seen before. We already know he was a scrawl. We're pretty sure Nick Fury and Maria Hill weren't scrolls because we saw them uh, as scrawls in Far From Home, mm-hmm. so we know these are the real ones now. And then we have Rhodey. So by process of elimination, it was already in my mind 
Okay, yeah. Rhodey's the only other person in this show I've seen before, so he's probably the scroll that's infiltrating, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. So that's why I didn't really care when they finally revealed it by episode four, whenever it was, because I'm like, yeah, I'm already pretty sure he's the guy you're looking for. Because mm-hmm. I didn't really suspect anybody else. They didn't make me care or be paranoid about if they had more returning characters or if they built up, like you said, that paranoia just a little bit more with the characters, they, like the human characters they had. We didn't, we didn't know. Uh, and it would have been, it, the show could have lived up to its potential a bit more if we had more of that, um, who is actually yeah. trustworthy here. I mean, so imagine I got, if this, uh, this timeline, not timeline, but this plot was taken in the Infinity Saga, where you had some scroll members be one of the original six. That would have been fucking insane. Not to say yes. you can't do it now, uh, because you can. You brought in Rhodey. Just pay a couple more of your big name actors to come in, be scrolls. I mean, yeah, yeah, all the ones here now are kind of off planet, like all the main ones, but you still have Doctor Strange, you still have Hawkeye, you have Ooh. You have Bruce Banner. You have the Hulk, for God's sake. I and mean Doctor Strange would be a good one because I know people were talking about No Way Home. They were saying, Oh, he he's acting a little different. This is weird. Yeah. And this was a couple of years ago, at least. So to say Stephen Strange was a scrawl now, that would have been... Mm-hmm. Okay, once you bring in your A-listers and their scrolls, that could have made this thing way more epic. And I know you're dealing on a TV budget and just getting Sam Jackson and Don Cheadle in there was well, probably... do you know how like, much budget this entire show was? No, how much? $200 million for all six <sighs> episodes. That's disgusting. Which is probably That's- because of Sam Jackson's... <laughs> paycheck but paycheck. that's a lot million and yeah i mean it's they did ha- look what i'll say for the budget this time is that for once they made a good looking show i actually yeah. when i'm i usually have complaints of late about marvel special effects work but when i see those scroll faces i think that's makeup work They're, but if it's not yeah, oh, it's all makeup even, yeah even better great looking Alien effects and prosthetics looks fantastic. Even the CGI battles, I was like, you know what? These look decent. Some of it kind of stands out, but not even in a way that's mm-hmm. particularly egregious. I thought it was solid effects work for once. I don't really have any complaints about that. And some of yeah. it was even really good. Um, the de-aging effects look great, too. Like that one scene when... Oh, yeah, I think Nick they Fury have was, that on lock because... They master I mean, that they, now. They mastered it in Captain Marvel, so they just probably had that on a hard drive, and they just did little retouches up here and there. It's yeah. crazy to go back and watch Captain Marvel. I don't know why you would, but and just to <laughs> see those scenes, where you're just like, you can't even tell it's the age on Sam Jackson. I don't know what it is. If it's because they just have literal forty years of film footage of Samuel Jackson to use of when he's young, that helps. Uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I also thought the the, the color it's also grading Disney, so <laughs> true. I also thought the color grading and the visual style on this show was great. Mm-hmm. I love how they gave the whole thing a green tint. Yeah, which kind of goes to the theme of you know scrawls. And it wasn't aliens. overly like saturated. It was very subtle, kind of like uh, how John Wick's color correcting is. Well, you, there's in those movies, there's definitely a tint 
of green in the shadows a little bit. Or, yes. you know, like a bluish green. I'll give uh, the regular rep, the regular shout out to Justin on this one for pointing out how he, he noticed the cinematography by uh, Remy uh, Etta Ferrison. Sorry, if Malik. I your name. <laughs> but uh, he, he noticed how the color, the, uh, the cinematography was high contrast and harsh lighting. It brought out mm-hmm. every line in everybody's face, made everybody look worn out and older. Which really yeah. added to the general vibe of the show. Everybody felt more tangible and real and like they had the weight of the world on their shoulders. Just the the cinematography and visual style of the show was very well done. Mm-hmm. No fault on the technical side there. Like you said, it was re- well directed too. Uh, although Justin also did point out, I gotta give him credit because they aren't my things, that this show had a few consistency errors as well which he thought was really weird for shocker uh, <laughs> for for a production as big as a marvel production a 200 million dollar mm. production and he's like oh there's some very obvious continuity errors the one i don't really notice these things so i gotta rely on other people sometimes but he pointed out to me how that one scene when gravik's pouring his heart out to fury and gravik had Hiri, fury by the throat and then they do a cut, and his hand is in a completely different spot. And then Justin said, you yeah, know what, that would have been fine. He's like, that would have been fine. That would have been fine. I wouldn't care. Except they cut back to the other one right after that. Yeah. And that's what it happens more noticeable. times than you think, which is really funny. I think there's a, uh, in, a famous one is in The Dark Knight, where it's the interrogation between Batman and Joker. And Batman has him up on the window, and Joker's hands are like this in one shot. Like holding yeah. the, the Batman's arm, and then the next shot, he's like this. So you're uh, just like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so con, I yeah, I kind of forgive him for that because continuity or is there is supposed to be a guy to kind of watch it, but they they happen more times than you think. Another famous one is in uh, Django, where they're at the bar at the beginning of the movie, and each new shot, they're like their beer keeps changing levels <laughs> in uh, terms of shots. It's like really low or they're really high. It's really funny. So I, it's it funny. My my mom, when my mom sees a continuity error, she points it out at me and uh, points it out to me, and she says like they needed you because you see continuity errors, and it's weird because I'm one of those guys who love seeing them. I don't yeah. know why. I think that it's I, just really funny. I suck at that stuff. That yeah. is not my strength as a critic. But yeah, so the how do you feel about Scroll Wife? <laughs> Scroll. Oh, her, uh, Priscilla. Um. I thought she was She's good. Right. I thought she was good. Uh, what was the actress name? Charlene Woodard as yeah, Priscilla slash Vara. I like that they gave Nick Fury a wife. It just This very super secretive guy. We never really knew much about his personal life. Oh, he's had a wife this whole time. Mm-hmm. That feels pretty in line with Nick Fury that we wouldn't know. Like, I, I totally bought that he had a wife the whole time. This was definitely Same. a retcon, but it's also for a guy this private... He he keeps his life separate from the Avengers very much. And I thought they established their relationship well. One of the best scenes of the show was when they were both going back to his house to assassinate each other. And they had their guns on each other and they were yeah. just kind of trading poetry over <laughs> over that. And then they both shot and intentionally missed. It's like, oh, you still love me after all. Good Someone did a clip where they did the, uh, where they shot and missed and it's the Nick Fury looks back on the bullet behind him and then he quotes the Pulp Fiction scene where he's like, 
that was a damn miracle. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And I noticed, I was like, oh man, I never even noticed that. That's really funny. I love those kind of cuts. Part of me kind of would be like, what would the balls the show would have been if Nick Fury just killed his wife, but also that would have been out of character for him. Yeah. I thought she, she was interesting because she also, I think she flipped sides more convincingly than Gaia did. Yeah. Because of course her first loyalties to Fury, she's kind of that middle ground, I think, between Gravik and Talos. Talos was 100% on Fury's side the whole time. He's like, yeah, man, you know, I'm going to be a pacifist, help Nick Fury. We're buddies. I know we've had some setbacks, but that's fine. And Gravik was like, no, I'm impatient. Screw this. We're done. And and um, Priscilla Vara was like, you know, I'm Fury's wife and I love him and I trust him. And I had his back for a long time, but then he abandoned us. And now I'm getting impatient and I've you know, kind of started out as an assassin and I'm kind of rediscovering myself and going back to my roots and I've got nobody else. All my support system is gone basically. And then Gravik's got some good ideas and I'm kind of enticed by his way of thinking. But then Fury comes back and gives her some more conflict. She kind of bounced back and forth until she realized where her real loyalties lie. Mm -hmm. And then kind of rediscovered this love for her people. I, I enjoyed the burial rite scene. When Gaia, as the young, arrogant scroll, doesn't really know the history, but then Vara has to be, uh, you know, say the ritual prayer because yeah. she's one of the few people who still knows those elements of their culture that are getting lost. There's some really good moments in this show, sprinkled in, mm-hmm. that I wish yeah. they played a little bit more into. I, a notable scene that I think we forgot to mention was the train scene between Talos and Nick. I thought that confrontation was really well done. Again, two brilliant actors just going at it. A million scrolls. Yeah, again, for all the... This show, I feel like, would be way lower on my list of, like, MCU shows if it wasn't for Samuel Jackson's performance because he really cares about Nick Fury. He really cares about this universe. He loves him. And you can see that in every type and every scene that he's in. And he, he... knocks it out of the park every time especially in those little those little scenes where it doesn't matter that much well it does matter but where you would normally see like if someone was kind of sick of their day not really acting their heart out but when gravic turns his face around after getting shot in the face and he's healing sam yeah. jackson's face of shock and horror i thought was perfect yeah i was just like was good that to me i was like he really cares about this show I just wish they gave Fury a better arc. I know. Because I I liked at the beginning. Okay, Nick Fury, kind of old and worn out, has a bit Mm -hmm. of PTSD from the blip, isn't really the same Nick Fury who left. And people see that. And that's kind of a cool beginning. Okay, we're seeing Fury past his prime with a bit of PTSD, not really sure how to handle this. He's very... Uh, This is a mess of his own making, and he knows that, and he's guilty about that, and former allies have turned on him. He's kind of on the outs, and then Rhodey fires him from his job. It's a real low point in his life, which that was one of the best scenes, I thought. They're like, why why don't you do a brother a favor? You think we took these jobs for mediocre white men just to turn them around to mediocre black men again? That was a great scene. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but it just it puts Fury at his lowest point, like we've never seen him before, and it's him clawing his way back to relevancy, or at the very least, just trying to do one more good thing because he still can. Uh, at least it works. He, <laughs> yeah. And then he makes it worse, and then dips out. And I'm like, well, what did Fury really learn from this experience? He kind of got his groove back, which is good. But also, in his mind, he never really lost it. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I don't really know what his arc was supposed to be. But it had a good setup in the first two episodes and then didn't pay off, mm-hmm. which was disappointing. It's like he was an on-call, on-call janitor. And they called him to come clean it up. But he uses a dirty mop bucket <laughs> and just contaminates the floor even more. And then... They're like, no, it's even more of a mess. He goes, I did my eight hours. I have to leave. That's the, yep. <laughs> that's the, you're not paying me overtime. Leave it for so the next guy. So it's just so weird. Yeah, it's just the most, I, I can't even say it's the most mid-show ever because I've seen more mid-shows. It's just kind of a weird mess. It's just kind of just didn't live up to his potential. There was no. stuff in it I liked. There wasn't anything I saw that I completely hated. So no. I know there's people who, I think there's there's super fans that are like, this is Marvel and it's supposed to be phenomenal all the time, every time. And it's like, you can have hits and misses. I'm sorry, where have you people been for the last couple <laughs> of years? Have you watched a movie since Endgame? I'm sorry. God, God. <laughs> is this the first Marvel thing you've seen since 2019? No, I saw No Way Home. Okay, fine. But don't go saying Secret Invasion is the worst Marvel thing out there, all right? I hate hearing that. I've heard there's been a huge backlash to this show, and I'm just I just I don't understand it. It's not, it's far from Marvel's best, but it doesn't outright it's far piss from me Marvel's off. Worse. It doesn't piss me off. It doesn't do anything ridiculously bad. It just didn't live up to its potential. It's just fine. It entertained yeah. me somewhat. The back half even started picking up. If anything, I think the biggest problem with this show was that it was a six-hour miniseries instead of a good two-hour movie, movie mm-hmm. with, a, like with a more A-list cast. Get some of the Avengers in there. Even I mean, it, it had a be budget a for a movie. It should have just yeah. been a movie. Now, I do enjoy how it kind of... Like a two-and-a-half-hour movie, let's say. Like, let's make it long enough to build out these complex relationships in the Skrull society and... Mm-hmm. Fine. But Gravik was definitely a good enough villain to carry a movie. Fury's a good enough protagonist. You could have brought some of the other Avengers in to give it some more stakes. And... Let's face it, half this show is padding. All yeah. of episode, I know episode four especially, didn't need to be there. The whole thing was just them fighting to save the president, basically. Like mm-hmm. Over two-thirds of that episode. And I was just kind of bored with it. Even though the action's okay. They could have done the same story. Like, cut out Olivia Coleman's character. Didn't need to be there. Pick <gasps> Gaia or Talos. One of them didn't need to be there. If you, like, Fury's wife, you could fit her in, too. I think. But just... Like, you could have done this as a movie, and it would have been just as good. Someone could probably make a supercut of this show that's just a movie cut, and it'd probably be decent, actually. Probably the same guy who's doing that to the Kenobi series. <laughs> yeah, sure, and I've heard that was good, too. I, don't, I think Disney is making a mistake 
trying to capitalize on these miniseries instead of just making movies. They have yeah. the concepts they're picking aren't they're not sustainable enough for shows or even six episode no. miniseries. They're movie length concepts that you're trying to expand for weekly content. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. And I'm sick I agree of them doing with you. It. Yeah. And some people are like, well, it worked for the Netflix shows. Why doesn't it work here? Because those Netflix shows <laughs> are like super low ground, like crime organization type stuff where they could be episodic. Yeah. They had enough material. They were actual shows. And mm-hmm. I know people accuse those shows of dragging too. Frankly, some of those Netflix shows could have been done as a six hour miniseries. But now it, it's just kind of funny. Not a the movie Netflix- though. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. The the Netflix shows were TV shows that probably should have been miniseries, and now the current miniseries probably should have just been movies. Movies. Yeah. And now the Marvel movies shouldn't have happened at all. <laughs> no, no. They don't really need them anymore. They don't, they're not that relevant. Just... I let the intrusive thought win. <laughs> no, I, I do all the time on this oh, show. Oh, no. Otherwise, I'll just There's a clip. not be talking. <laughs> There's a clip right there. Yeah. Oh. oh, I was talking earlier. I don't know why I'm bringing this up. Talk about clips. I don't know if you have the saved clip, but during the podcast, when the lightning struck near my house, it was really loud and you could hear it. I don't know if you had that, but I just thought about that I didn't, randomly I didn't yesterday. Clip, I didn't clip that one up. But I oh, that was so loud. I remember listening to it. <laughs> I was like Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. Just <laughs> I for... really just bashed Marvel movies. Oh, I do it all the time. You're a little bit better for it. You you you're a little I'm more trying on the to save whatever future I have. <laughs> you want to get employed by them? I know. Uh, it's tough. Anyway, uh, Guardians Three though is on streaming. Guardians Three is great. I'll I'll say mm-hmm. it. I you know I, I like Marvel when Marvel's. Good. We liked Guardians Three. Yeah. Yeah, Guardians 3 is one of my favorite movies this year. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the, the Adam last... Warlock became a meme right away. Of course. It's just, yeah, like, they do still have good stuff on occasion. And out of their last couple, out of their last couple shows, I did like this one. I also like Moon Knight mm-hmm. for their shows. Moon Knight's great. If only because Moon Knight didn't require any knowledge of Marvel before. You can just mm-hmm. watch Moon Knight. And it's a good show on its own. This requires a lot more. Hawkeye a lot. Hawkeye, there's I, days I, like... I really like. There's days I really love Hawkeye, and then there's days I just kind of like Hawkeye. But then I saw the clip of like Yelena and Hawkeye talking. I was like, oh, I really like. I really show. liked Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, I I, I never understood. Great. I thought the biggest problem with it was not enough people watched it. No, mm. I didn't like Kingpin. Kingpin was the only thing about that show. I would. Eh. Oh, that so was my only... joke from earlier. Kingpin and Daredevil are scrolls. Because they're so different. <laughs> sure. Why not? Why would Daredevil wear that suit? Because <laughs> he's a squirrel. Exactly. I, maybe. Who to knows? say that the one who went to visit She-Hulk was a squirrel. An actual yeah. Matt Murdock is still just in New York. Uh, that I did like how they, she at didn't the end, actually they, bane Matt Murdock, anyway. <laughs> I, I didn't mind them together, actually. They were okay. They were good. I like their chemistry. I want to see Jennifer Walters come back on a show that's mm. not hers just to see how she's written. Because yeah. I think they did have good chemistry. For all the Where'd shit I... talking we did about She-Hulk, the actress, the actress did amazing. I did enjoy a lot about that show. Yeah. I, like, I know I crapped on it a lot, 
but it did bring me some actual enjoyment. So I got to give credit where credit's due, right? I love see- the clip always pops up. It was like, when are we getting X-Men? And she looks into the camera and goes, <laughs> that's so funny to me. She's like, I got you back, fans. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, where she jumped out of the Disney Plus menu. I was like, wow, they're going for it. Okay. Do Controversial it. ending to many people. I don't care. But I liked, I liked it. it. <laughs> Which, funny enough, I have heard people compare this to this show to She-Hulk for multiple reasons. It's like you were saying earlier, they're like, oh, was Secret Invasion written by AI? I know they did the titles. Uh, She-Hulk told us that the MCU is written by AI now. And mm-hmm. that last season also made fun of the fact that a show that didn't need a big CGI battle did one anyway. And I know I've seen multiple people be like, she all predicted Secret Invasion. The show did not need this big battle at the end, and they did yeah. it just because. And then they made fun of it in She-Hulk just a year ago. Well, not knowing like, if this is true or not, but the writer's strike are trying to strike against not only getting paid more, but also to get AI out of the writer's room. So... Because apparently there's some productions that are using it for just like basic stuff and then bring in writers to fill out the gaps. So who knows if a certain big corporation with Mickey Mouse ears is doing that. I, I want to see it out personally. If, ever, if an individual out. writer wants to use it, whatever. That's, that's up to yeah. individual writers. But don't like the company shouldn't be using it in lieu of writers. Exactly. Also pay your writers. <laughs> that too. It's not even 1% of your sound. Anyway, we're not getting into it. We did a whole podcast. <laughs> we did that last week. We did that. We did that already. Um, yeah. So I did have another point. I did like the underlying message, which to me was about refugees and xenophobia. Just yes. In general. Like if you look at this show just at its core, it's about refugees coming to America and people not taking kindly to that, just being super anti-immigrant and like not wanting them just because they're different and and they and like the people who are pro-immigrant are like okay well you know they're they're fleeing from oppression you gotta you know be a little empathetic show them some welcome and uh but amongst those people are also extremists who the people who live there are like well you know there could be extremists here. They're going to make life dangerous for us. And there are, but there's also a lot. Most of them aren't. But it's kind of like the, the extremists ruin it for the vast majority of the group in terms of public perception. It, it, so it's, mm-hmm. it is a very real world parallel that this show is yeah. trying to draw from. And it, I think it does it okay. I wasn't yeah. blown away by their execution of it, but I think it is talking about, well. in, it's talking about important and relevant things. Mm-hmm. for modern society yeah yeah humans suck <laughs> i'll take the We're talos approach people. and say humans are flawed and <laughs> humans are flawed will you take that with the marvel approach marvel is flawed or are you just gonna say they're terrible <laughs> marvel is i don't think they're good now hurting but they were <laughs> Yeah, they were. It's like it could be again. I saw this compare. I don't know if you saw it. What's it called? I think it's called Hustle. It's that Adam Sandler movie where he did a basketball movie recently. Okay. He did that, and there was the there was an owner of the of the team he was on, the Seventy Sixers, and someone compared that to like Marvel then, and then his asshole son took over and almost <laughs> ruined everything, and that's Marvel now. <laughs> Oi. Yeah, <It's> like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I do. 
I always hope with every installment we talk about Marvel, I hope they'll make a bounce back. Yeah. But Especially, I'm not. And it's going to happen with the Marvels. <laughs> I have high don't hopes. Expect, don't expect <laughs> a review for that. Maybe on a leisure list, but I'm not. <laughs> You're not going to it. <laughs> I'm not going to it. You lost me. You lost me for that. Mm-hmm. I don't care about. I didn't watch Ms. Marvel. Monica Rambeau didn't really stand out to me. I actively don't like Carol Danvers. And I just saw Nick Fury in his own show. I don't, I, I'm not clamoring to see him as a supporting character in the next one. Mm. Like, I've heard uh, Ms. Marvel is fine as a character. I'm kind of curious to see her. She's great. But also, but it's one of those things where it's like, I'm reasonably confident from the marketing and just from everything. And Marvel is a franchise right now. And just how I'm feeling it, my gut feeling says I'm not going to like this movie and I'm just going to complain about it. So I'm not even going to bother. I'm going to save your time. I'm going to save my time. I'm going to save the negativity. I'm just not going to engage, not going to participate for everybody's good. I, uh, yeah, I respect that. There's one show that I'm really excited for, but the internet keeps feeding me clips is the Ahsoka show later this month. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, but they weeks. just keep they just keep feeding me like clips and stuff, and I keep not wanting to like I don't watch them because I don't I want to be surprised going into it. Whenever it, even on like dis like Star Wars Instagram, I'll scroll by and they're starting to show me a clip, and I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to see it. No, I'm very excited. For this it's sad that that uh, actor though passed away, the main villain. Because yeah, I don't know seems... his name, but I know his face. Yeah. yeah. So, Secret Invasion. We will know uh, it for the review, but... <laughs> the guy with the white a, beard. Yeah. The, yeah. It's just sad he passed... Apparently, he was a very uh, well-known actor, I think, over in England. I didn't I know him wrong, personally, but, but he seems... Yeah. People seem to know him. I recognized him. Right. So, Secret but, Invasion, yeah, I think it's... That guy. Uh, Secret Invasion, I think it's... It's okay if you're bored. I wouldn't say... Yeah. It's not a... Yeah. It's not an outright recommend, but it's also like, don't avoid it at all costs. Like, if you're mm-hmm. curious, it'll entertain you. There's some good stuff in there. A lot of good it's scenes, fine. good actors, it's good production value. Winter Soldier. I'll give you that. It's better than... Miss... Uh, eh. <laughs> it's weird because I like some parts of Miss Marvel. Wow, I just had a stroke. Miss Marvel. Um, I don't know. Can they all be tied for third last? <laughs> I don't even remember the other. It's better than what if miles ahead of that. Yeah. Um, eh. I don't even remember what shows they've done. They've, they've just, She-Hulk. they've done eh. she, Hulk. Oh, it's better than she Hulk too. Yeah. Better than she Hulk. Look, look, I will say she Hulk. It's low, but it's not the worst. She Hulk is more entertaining. I will say it's yeah. like, it's not as good. Like I think secret invasion is a better made show. But it can be a little bit dull and frustrating. She-Hulk is mm-hmm. also very frustrating, but it also might make you laugh. Maybe. So it's it's a different vibe for sure. But um, Secret Invasion is better. Anyway. Yeah. That's enough. So are you a scroll or what? I won't tell. You're the oh, one with the okay. green background. <gasps> I think you were hinting. Oh, no. Anyway. Yeah, there was a joke in our group chat for a while who was a scroll, and then <laughs> Justin put beside my name, definitely a scroll. Confirmed, yeah. Confirmed scroll. That was I think funny. that's still anyway. in there. All right, where can we find you? Well, you can find me at Ryan Walker Official on YouTube, TikTok, and on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Thought Play Media. 
Also, check out the close-up with Ryan and Joe Facebook page for latest updates on the show. If you listen to us in audio, check out our YouTube channel. And if you're on YouTube, find us anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. We hope to see you on the next close-up with Ryan and Joe, where we review The Witcher Season 3. Till next time. Take care.